Welcome to The Trail Less Traveled, an adventure series dedicated to taking you back to mankind's earliest form of entertainment, storytelling. Missoula, Montana is a mecca for outdoor enthusiasts, and each week we will bring you tales of outdoor adventures both near and far, as well as adventure information and inspiration and a few tunes to set the mood. You can read more about the show online at traillesstravel.net. And now here's your host, Grand Canyon Whitewater Guide, yoga instructor, and master of the didgeridoo, Mandela. Today, the trail list traveled leads to the K-Bar L Ranch in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. And I'm sitting here at a beautiful wooden table in a lodge made out of pine. I have a Western Horseman from March of 1986 sitting in front of me. And I'm going to turn to page 14 now. I'm going to read to you about this place. The Ranch. Click's K-Bar L Ranch out of Augusta, Montana reminds me of the old cliche. Half the fun is getting there. The ranch is described as being, quote, beyond all roads, end quote. And guests travel up Gibson Reservoir on one of the ranch's jet boats to be met by a team and a wagon for the short haul to headquarters. Later in the summer, when irrigation requirements have lowered the reservoir, the boats are out and the way in is by horse. The trail is scenic and varied, and when you drop down from the timber to cross a suspension bridge over the swift-flowing North Fork of the Sun River, you'll be at the K-Bar L Ranch on the edge of the Bob Marshall Wilderness. The ranch, situated on land that was deeded in 1878, is owned by the Click family and is run by Dick and Nancy Click. You'll probably arrive with the feeling that you've reached, as the song goes, quote, a place that's known to God alone, end quote. Civilization is back down the trail, the trail being a two-hour trip on one of the best mountain horses you'll ever ride. That's from page 15 of the March 1986 Western Horseman. And now I sit with the new owners, and that's Emily and Adam Wallace. And they have owned the K-Bar L Ranch since 2015. Thank you guys so much for joining me on the trail as travel and for having us stay here. We're so excited that you came to visit us. And uh, the best part about the uh, Bob Marshall Wilderness and the K-Bar L Ranch is definitely just being able to take people up here and show them this beautiful country. And we are blessed to be a part of it. You know, being the fourth owner of the KBRL Ranch, the original owners were uh, Ralph Allen uh, and eventually Francis Allen. And uh, Ralph uh, was originally down in the base of the reservoir now uh, where Big George is and had a set of cabins along with Amo Click, uh, the Click family, the Neals, Bruce Neal, and uh, George, who also lived down in the valley. Bruce Neal was a really interesting and neat individual. He's really the one that we can thank for being able to see a lot of the beautiful elk that we see today and fish some of the amazing trout that we get to fish up here on both the South Fork and the North Fork of the Sun River. He was an early trapper, but also a pioneer in being able to allow the elk and the trout to survive up in this area. Uh, When they got down to small numbers in the 20s, I think they say the herd was down to about 500. He did a lot of herding to take the elk into different areas and then Eventually was able to, with some uh, other Montanans, uh, establish the Sun River Game Preserve, which our ranch sits at the uh, the sort of the end of the Sun River Game Preserve. It rolls all the way back to the Continental Divide, about 10 miles, and covers around 200,000 acres. And then they also established the winter range for the uh, elk, uh, which sits uh, on the road as you drive in. 
so the Sun River elk herd is amazing. They number around 2,500 and uh, do their migration through this area and have been really a healthy herd since those uh, two areas were established. Ralph Allen, when the, the dam got put in in 1927, they took the opportunity to move up here to this piece of 40 acres, uh, like you said, that was deeded uh, through the Soldier Script Act from the Civil War. And when he moved up here, he started the KBRL Ranch in 1927 and built this amazing lodge that still stands today. And uh, we have seen pictures from around 1927, and when you look at the pictures in this lodge, it's very difficult to tell the difference between that time and this time. Still the same piano that sits here and the same brands on the uh, huge fireplace in front of us and the same light fixture that's above our heads. So when you come to the ranch, it definitely takes you back many years. And uh, we're still doing the same things that Ralph is doing back then, which is really bringing people up to show them the amazing country, take them fishing, take them on horseback rides and hunting and just really enjoy what uh, God has put in front of us here. Emily and myself were blessed to be able to take the ranch over from the Click family uh, in 2015. I had the opportunity to spend about 18 years with the Click family as a guest coming up um, and really fell in love with the country, obviously, when it first came up, but fell in love with the family as well and just a true appreciation for what they had built here over the 50 years that they own it. I think they bought it around 1954, Dick's father did. And just when you think about being so remote, yet still being able to have some of the luxuries that they have back here with the water systems. And we have our own electricity that's powered by our uh, medicine spring, which is a sulfur spring that the guests swim in. It's said to heal your bones and your aches. But that spring also provides us with electricity through a hydro system. And we also have solar panels that help power the ranch uh, so we can provide electricity to our guests while they stay up here in a great accommodations. To me, the best part about being in this country is just every day is a different adventure and a different experience. Uh, when you come to this ranch, uh, I tell people I've been coming for 20 years, and uh, I always have a different experience every time I go out. And it's just amazing from the animals to the wildflowers, uh, you know, to the elk, to just the country itself. It's just every turn is just a beautiful picture that you get to look at every day. So it, it's truly amazing. If you've just tuned in, that's the voice of Adam Wallace. You're on the trail less traveled. We are recording on location in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. To be specific, we're in the lodge at the K-Bar-L Ranch, and I'm speaking with Emily and Adam Wallace, and their son Noah is here as well. Emily, can you tell us about the seasons? You were just talking about the seasons and how they change. Yes, I was just saying that as the landscape changes, it's just so beautiful throughout the seasons. And in the spring, you have the beautiful green aspens and then they bloom and change colors and by fall during bow season it's a golden reddish burnt tint and it's just beautiful and he was talking about the landscape and how every day is a different adventure and I was just saying that what you see is different every day and it changes as we go through the seasons into the winter when it's covered in snow completely and all white and beautiful. Your son Noah's standing right there. How old are you Noah? Noah's 11 years old. And Noah, I'm wondering what your favorite thing is about being up here at the K-Bar-L and the Bob Marshall. Probably it would have to be riding and fishing. I usually do fly fishing for trout, rainbow, and cutthroat. And then when we're riding, we're riding just on trails to see really pretty places. What horse are you riding these days? Uh, I usually ride Keystone. Tell me about Keystone. He's like a silver horse. 
and his brother is actually up here. His name's Salty, and they're both from the same mom. And if you could choose between having, like, your dream truck or your dream horse, what would you choose? Probably my dream horse. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, I would love to ask you guys a couple more questions about just the area that we're in. Yeah. If we could paint the picture for, you know, those in Missoula. Yeah. And then also maybe those listening internationally. Where are we? Yeah. So, you know, as you know, we're in the Bob Marshall, but uh, the Bob Marshall was created right around the time Bob Marshall was living, but uh, before it actually became the Bob Marshall Wilderness. Uh, around the 1930s, they designated this area that we're in, which was the Sun River area, primitive area, and then they had two other primitive areas, which were the uh, Pentagon primitive area and the South Fork primitive area. Bob Marshall was a big advocate of wilderness conservation and and really was a steward of being able to bring wilderness areas uh, to the United States and have the government designate them as such. And that happened in 1964 when they combined those three areas and created what is currently the third largest wilderness area in the lower 48. We specifically sit, you know, if you look at a map of the United States, we're really at the northwest top part of Montana on the east side of the Rocky Mountains. We're only a couple hours from Canada. The Bob Marshall itself sits on both sides, the east side and the west side of the divide. But to get to our ranch, you really typically would fly into Great Falls and then head a little northwest into the mountains, uh, go through a really small town of Augusta. It's an amazing place to visit. Uh, They have a wonderful rodeo that happens during the summer and some great places to eat and hang out. And then as you roll past Augusta, you start heading into the mountains uh, up the Sun River Road and through the Sun River drainage where the Sun River comes out of the mountains. The Sun River ultimately connects into the Missouri River and Great Falls. But right where the ranch sits is where the uh, two forks of the Sun River come together, uh, the North Fork of the Sun River and then the South Fork of the Sun River connect together here at our ranch. Lily. The oldest just came and sat with us. And I'm wondering what kind of wildlife is around these parts? There's pretty much everything. I mean, bears, obviously, we talked about that yesterday. Grizzlies and black bears. I mean, you see some cow elk during summers and stuff, but a lot during the hunting season, you see a lot of elk. And there's so many gophers and deer, mountain lions, a lot of bald eagles, and we have golden eagles. And there's seagulls out here. I don't eat everything. Mm-hmm. There are seagulls. Yeah, you see everything. Okay, so now I have some questions for Adam and Emily. And, and raising uh, your children out here in the Bob Marshall, it's a gift, I think, that you're giving them. And they are all really stoked. I just think it's so awesome that they are able to grow up here. So why do you think it's important to at least expose your child to wilderness? Yeah, uh, well, we're definitely blessed to have our kids up here and for them to be able to spend each summer up here when they get out of school and and until they go back, they get to spend the whole summer up here. And really just to be with nature is amazing. You know, I, I always tell people that when our kids first came up here, I think it was the first time I saw them not argue for a good week or two at a time because they were outside every day, whether it was trying to catch a rabbit or building something with sticks or Whatever it is, they just were not sitting in front of a TV or being bored or arguing. There's just so many adventures that they were able to go on and and to do and really, I think, thrive so much more than they do in where we live in a city environment. And then when you add on top of it in today's role, just not to have the technology around. I tell people when they come up, that's the biggest thing is that you can truly just disconnect here. When you see people really do that and disconnect and, and to spend time with the people that they come with, 
and to really reconnect with those individuals, but to reconnect with themselves too, is just amazing. And you know, for us to be able to raise our children in this environment, where they have the pleasure of visiting with wonderful guests like yourself, and just to carry on a conversation with somebody and not be in front of your phone or worry about it ringing, to me, that's the, one of the biggest things that this ranch and the Bob Marshall brings to anybody who comes out here to explore. I always tell people as well there's no ferry coming to the rescue out here so you know you're in a bind or you can't figure something out a lot of the stuff you have to figure out on your own you got to figure out how you're going to make it work Mm -hmm. and to me just those challenges and you know on top of the adventures and the nature that they get exposed to and the animals uh, it's just a blessing for us to be here and to be able to experience it and for them to grow up in this environment so your youngest is eight. Her name is Molly, and she has a lot to say during this interview, so stay tuned. She's going to give us some uh, tips for going out in the Bob Marshall and how you might survive, what you might put in your pack. Lily helped out with that. I'm thinking that someone listening right now wants to find out how they can go to the K-Bar-L Ranch. So, Lily, how do we find out more about the K-Bar-L? K-Bar-L-Ranch.com. And a lot of people find out from our Instagram, which is just K-Bar-L Ranch. So it's time for a song, guys. The whole family's here at the table. What song reminds you guys of days like today here in the Bob Marshall Wilderness? Going out for a fish, going out for a ride. Well, the one song that I sing on the trail when I'm riding down on my horse or out with my mules picking up elk is The Gambler by Kitty Rogers. The Trail Less Travel podcast is sponsored by Karuna Clothing. Sewn with love and laughter, Karuna Clothing is a handcrafted from natural fabrics which soften as they age. They design clothing lines to fit the moods of places which have inspired them. Designed simply and using the best fabrics, Karuna Clothing creates their own unique colours. Strong, well-sewn, small batch, unique product lines which are simply beautiful. Handmade in Missoula, Montana... All of Karuna clothing is sewn and dyed in the U.S., and all workers are paid good living wages. www.karunaclothing.com That's K-A-R-U-N-A clothing.com Lily, I just spoke with your brother and sister about what it's like to grow up here, and you're the oldest of three. Can you describe this room to the listener and maybe what's outside the window? It's old. It's been here since, since the beginning, and, I mean, there's just so many animals hung up on the wall. Right above the fireplace, there's a bear hung up that's been here since the first pictures we've seen of it. And there's everything here is just from the beginning. So Jody's right here. And, Jody, can you tell us what you know about that bear hanging there? Oh, that bear's been there probably since the 40s. My grandfather shot him. It's a grizzly bear. What else? What's this building made out of? Logs. Logs big logs really big logs, and then there's a really big screened in porch that wraps all the way around and guests a lot of the guests eat out there a lot it's really nice and that's all made of logs and there's a lot of elk hung out there too so we're in the main lodge and right next to the main lodge is the kitchen below the kitchen is a cellar where we pretty much keep everything it's amazing how cold it stays down there you'd be surprised and the river's right outside of the lodge, right across the road, and it's always roaring. You can hear it all night long, and it's so loud you can't hear anything across. Behind the lodge is Cabin Row, and there's cabins 1 through 13, and they're all made of logs, and they're all beautiful. I think they're all beautiful. And 
Then if you go the other way, there's the corral where we keep all of our stock. And you can go across the bridge. And if you go up the hill, you'll go to the hot springs, which there's not a lot of them in Montana. But it's a natural hot springs. If someone's listening, they're like, I want to come and check this place out. What's this place called and how do they get here? It's called the K Bar L Ranch. And I would say the best thing to do is to visit our website at kbarlranch.com. Molly, do you have a question that you'd like to ask your sister about growing up here? Yeah. What was it like before I came up here, the first time that you came up here? It was different with the clicks running it. It was awesome still. I mean, not different. I'm sorry. It was the same. Mm-hmm. We pretty much kept everything the same. And when my mom and brother went home, I stayed up here with my dad for another week. I loved it so much. And I didn't want to leave after that either. Do you have a question for your sister? What did you think the first time you came up here? I thought it was amazing. I thought it was old. I probably played on my electronics a lot. That is one thing I will say when you mention the electronics is that's a great thing as a no service because back home, all my friends and everybody, everybody's on their phones nowadays and being out here really makes you realize how great it is to be away from it. I haven't touched my phone all summer. Same, I haven't touched my iPad in forever. I mean, the, the first day, I think I just played, like, one game, but then I was done with it, and I haven't touched it since. <laughs> what are some tips that you guys can give for folks that are, you know, going for a walk in the wilderness of Montana? So one thing I would say is to always carry bear spray. It's rare. Most of the time, the bears is most likely going to run away from you, but I know I always feel safer carrying bear spray and wearing comfortable shoes. I'd say the same. I mean, even if it's a hot day, like, if you're going on a walk, like, up in Montana, there could be a lot of things, like, there could be a bunch of thorn bushes, so I say you could wear jeans or you could wear leggings, pants, but just definitely not shorts, because you could get a thorn bush in. I got a thorn bush on my leg, but yeah, that's definitely what I'd say. And always, always, always bring a rain jacket because I've been out on rides where it's been blue skies and two hours later a storm comes up behind us out of nowhere and you get soaked because you didn't bring a rain jacket. Maybe one more tip is definitely carry bear spray. You know, I don't know if there's much other things to say. That's probably all. Do you guys have any advice for people who are really afraid of bears and that actually stops them from going out in the wilderness? So if you really don't want to see a bear, the one thing I would say is just be loud. Go with a few other people. They always say a party of four or more has never been attacked by a bear, is what my dad has always told me when I was terrified of him when I first came up here. And now they don't even bother me. Now I almost want to see one. The one thing I would say is be loud. And if you want, bring like a bell with you. I mean, my mom's brought a bell with her before hiking out here. She's gotten me one. And any loud noise, you're really not going to see any wildlife. And if you do see a bear, I would say the best thing to do to get it away from you, if it's bothering you or if it's near you or something, just wave your arms. You always want to act bigger than the bear. Well, I was afraid. I'm still afraid of bears and snakes and stuff, but definitely if you're scared of bears and you're scared of snakes and stuff, I'd say if you're a snake, just let it walk across. Don't do anything to it, because if you do, then it will hurt you back. So don't do anything to them. I'm afraid of them, but, you know. So <laughs> for bears, I'd say if it's, like, far, far away from you and you haven't seen it yet, I'd say maybe if it leaves, then just let it leave and you can keep going on. But 
if it's starting to like stay there, maybe you could turn around and go the other way if you're kind of scared of them. But if you're not scared of them and just there, then I'd say just keep on walking if it doesn't see you. But if it comes close to you, like my sister Lily said, then if it comes close to you and it's bothering you, then if you know how to use bear spray, then spray it with a bear if it's not so windy. But you always want to act bigger than them. That's such a good tip, Molly. Like, why would you not want to spray bear spray on a windy day? It's like pepper spray. My brother sprayed pepper spray in his eyes on accident. And so it could sting you really badly. It could blind you. That's kind of what it does to bears. They don't like it, so they go away. Definitely if it's on a windy day, I would not spray it. I just act bigger than them and scream. Yeah. That's one thing I will say about bear spray is only use it if you need to because you can only spray it if the bear is 15 to 20 feet in front of you. Definitely if it's windy, always cover your face when you spray it either way. We've taken lessons on it. I say take a lesson on how to use bear spray. Okay, ladies, you're heading out into the Bob Marshall with a little backpack, and you only get to bring three things to survive for a week by yourself. What are you going to put in your pack? Well, first I would bring bear spray. I would bring a rain jacket, and I'd bring a filtered water bottle, so then you can grab it out of the water, so then it's not like you get sick. Because our cousin, he has drank river water before and he got sick so i would suggest to bring a filtered water bottle and maybe if there's you could bring four things maybe definitely bring some food if not then bring a rod so you can fish and yeah you said food what's your favorite kind of food to eat out in the wilderness if i was saying if i had a rod i would definitely fish and eat that if not then maybe if i had something else and i got a deer then i would eat deer meat but how are you going to cook it are you going to build a fire yeah and how I would build a fire, I would, if I have, like, something that would cut wood, I would do that. But if, if I don't have, like, matches or something, I don't know what you do. I think it's a, either a rock and a stick, like a special type of rock, or it's two rocks. But then you, like, rub it together and blow in it a little. But then when it does, you start a fire. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What about you? So if I had to bring three things, I would bring bear spray, a fishing rod, and something to filter water. So... The bear spray, of course, because of the bears, you don't want to risk it with any animal even. And fishing rod, because even sometimes before dinner on the ranch, I will kind of be like, you know what? I'm feeling fish tonight. I'll go out to the river two-minute walk and go catch a trout and cook that for dinner sometimes. I mean, you don't want to get sick from this water. It'll hurt you. So definitely a filtered water. So how old are you? And when did you start fishing? So I just turned 13, and I definitely became more into fishing when I came up here four or five years ago. My grandma has a pond, and we have a farm on the river, so I've just been fishing for as long as I can remember, but I really got into it when we came up here. So what do you guys want to do when you grow up? I probably want to run this ranch. If not, if my sister or brother's already running it, I'd still come up here a lot, but if not, then I'd say... I really wouldn't want a job. I just want a horse, and I just want an open field, so then I could ride a lot because I love riding. So, yeah. So I really want to be up here. I love it up here so much, and I've got, like, a few options, though. I I definitely want to spend a lot of my time up here when I grow older, and I either want to be a teacher or I want to barrel race. I really love barrel racing. What is barrel racing all about? So it's something they do in the rodeos, and it's pretty much what it sounds like. It's three barrels, and there's a pattern, and you're timed. 
and you go around the barrels as fast as you can on your horse. It's so much fun. I love it. Can you guys describe your ideal horse? Like, what would, what would you look for in a horse? Well, um, if I wanted, like, to train a horse, I'd probably either get, like, a young horse, maybe that has an experience, but if I wanted a good horse that I, like, don't want to teach, like, don't want to spend all my work on that, then I'd definitely get a good horse that's a good fit for me, good size, and yeah. And I'd probably get a boy horse rather than a girl. I don't know why, but yeah. So I have a mare right now, and it's definitely difficult, but I like it. I like having a challenge when I ride, and if I would look for one thing in a horse, it would be size. I don't know why I'm really into big horses. Just as like gorgeous tall paints and drafts and all that stuff, probably something big and something that's going to give me a little bit of a challenge, and that's not too perfect. I like a challenge when I'm riding. Totally agree with you. I like a horse that you have to, you know, pay attention to their ears and then yeah. I just kind of falling asleep as they go along. Molly, can you tell us about the horses that are in your guys' paddock out there? Because we were talking about some big ones. You guys have some draft horses as well. Well, some of our horses are short, but some big ones, I'd say we have some Belgians. They're pretty big. They're beautiful. We also have some tall horses. I say one of our tallest horses are definitely Frog. He's a black horse, but he's pretty big. He's beautiful, too. Yeah. I mean, they're all different shapes and sizes out here, but I love all the horses that we have out here, and definitely those two big Duke and Doc that pull the wagon. They're awesome. I mean, they're just the definition of gentle giants. I love them, too, and I love all the horses we have here. I like to ride them all and be with them all. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time and energy and joining me here today on The Trail Less Traveled. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. You know, yeah, it's a beautiful place out here. I definitely suggest this place. This is me. Like, I'm not saying this is like you have to go here, but I'm just saying if I were like a city person, I definitely suggest this place because, you know, get off your electronics ride and it's real fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. I mean, I love it out here. There's not much else to say. It's probably the most beautiful place I've ever been. Okay, it's time to choose a song. So can either of you guys share a song with me that reminds you of the K-Bar-L Ranch on the edge of the Bob Marshall Wilderness here in Montana? I would say Hunting, Fishing, and Loving Every Day by Luke Bryan. Well, remember, I was talking with my brother, and I said that too because, really, it's like the same thing here. You hunt, fish, and it's you love every day here. Today, the trail has traveled leads to where the north and the south fork of the Sun River dump into Gibson Lake in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. We are at the K-Bar L Ranch. It's seven miles from the closest road. Only way to get here is on a boat, and when the water's low, the only way to get here is to ride. I'm sitting here with the Wallace family, and they own the K-Bar L. The K-Bar L was established in 1927. The Wallace family has owned it since 2015. And I'm wondering, the whole family's here. We've got Lily and Adam and Molly and Noah and Emily Wallace and all different ages. But I was wondering if each of you could maybe share your favorite story of what's happened to you in this Bob Marshall wilderness or just something interesting about this place that we are recording right now, the trail has traveled, and your home in the summertime. 
One of my favorite stories up here, and it involves my brother, Chad, him and his wife own the ranch with us, was one of the first elk that I ever took uh, while I was archery hunting up here. It took a few years for us to convince uh, Mr. Click to be able to allow us to archery hunt. But when we did and were able to come in September versus coming typically in November during the migration, it was just amazing to see the aspens changing colors and in this country during that time, the elk in the rut. Uh, it was just beautiful. And Chad and I had an amazing experience. We went out that morning to hunt, and uh, we did a little bit of calling. Didn't hear much. Started to get up and walk up a hill, and sure enough, here comes this big elk straight down for us. I luckily was the one in, in front, so I got the opportunity, and this elk came and turned fairly close to me. I was very nervous, as uh, any new hunter would be, first time they're shooting an elk with their bow and arrow. Missed my first shot completely. I tried to compose myself, uh, stuck my arrow in backwards so I didn't compose myself and took it back out, stuck it in the right way. I had success in connecting with this elk. So we gave it some time before we started to try to track it. And uh, during this time, my brother slept. He's a good sleeper. I could not sleep because all I could think about was this elk. He was sleeping and I was sitting there. I swore I heard something walk by in the woods. So about an hour later, we got back up, started walking to track the elk. When we did come across the elk finally and found it right before it crossed over the river to the preserve, we came on top of it. There was a black bear that had already tracked it down and was on top of it and was starting to eat on it. Sadly, Chad and I were pretty noisy by the time we got to it because we were close to the river and we thought the elk had, had escaped over the river. And so the bear got up and ran away. But the whole experience, and I would say more than anything, just the experience of being in that country and going through that event with my brother, regardless of whether we would have gotten an elk or not, just being there with him was probably the best part. Hi, I'm Emily. And I don't really have a story, but we've had a lot of adventures up here, so every day can be its own story. One fun adventure that we had was last summer hiking up the North Fork and crossing down into the river. And when we got to where we could either hike back up or swim, we jumped in and it's about 50 degrees and it makes your heart stop for a quick second and your body freezes and then your brain reminds you that you have to survive and swim across. So we did that. It was a fun adventure with some friends and family and then jumped off a cliff. There's a number of different stories I could tell about that one adventure, but that was one that sticks in my mind, jumping in the water when it's freezing cold yep. and making your heart stop for a second. And I'm going to pass it on to Lily and let her tell her story. So I'd come up for rifle season before, but last year was my first time coming up for bow season. I came up with my grandma and some, a few of my cousins. I'd been going out with my dad every day, and we went out with a guest one day, but I loved it. And there was new guests coming in one of the days I was here, and I was so anxious because by the time I went up to my dad, I was like, Dad, when are, when are we going out today? I want to go out, back out. Let's go. It was by that time three o'clock and he said we are not gonna have time to go out today I got to get these guests settled and some of our family friends were there and ended up taking me out so I went out with the two of them and I had seen one elk before this but it wasn't very big and we didn't we only saw it for a second we went up the hill and over a few hills ended up off the trail didn't know where we were going but we kept going and 
we ran into a six by six elk and and what I mean by six by six is each side of its antlers have six points on them and so we ran into this elk almost shot it but didn't get the chance to we could hear this bull calling and I had never heard one call before and it was amazing like it was so cool I'd never heard it before and I was in shock so we kept going followed this bull and then we saw it it was pretty far from us but we saw this bull and my heart stopped it was so big it was in between the trees so usually when it's in the trees you can't really see his antlers but all I could see was his antlers they were touching his butt and they were huge and so we stood there for a while tried to call him in he had a whole herd of cows with him and we tried to call him in waited a while and I was standing next to one of our friends and he said holy smokes Lily be really quiet but look to your left and I looked over and there was a spike which means just one antler on each side and I looked over and he was standing 10 yards not even 10 yards from us just at a dead stare and we didn't want to spook this spike because he would spook the rest of the herd and eventually he ran off but he stayed there for about 10 minutes and just stared at us and I had never been so close to one and it was crazy and so we never ended up getting that bull or any of the elk we ran into that day but I saw that huge elk my dad had told us he said you can go with them but you guys just make sure you're back by dinner so by the time we started heading back it was getting dark out and we had definitely missed dinner and we came back and we were right on the edge near the river so we knew we were close we were had gone off the trail so far we couldn't really figure out where we were going and we saw a light so my dad and my uncle Chad who my dad was talking about ended up coming out to find us because it took us so long to get back from dinner because we were just stuck on this bull and we almost chased him over two more hills but it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen so now I'm gonna pass it to Molly Okay, so one interesting thing about this, it's like there's kind of be like a little story in it, but so if you go up to our hot springs, a little bit farther than that, you have to walk. So there's this really cool cave. It's a really, like, it's not that small of an entrance, but in the inside, you can stand up and it's, it's hot in there. It's dark, so you have to bring your flashlight. But there's not any animals in there because it's like too... Something, something, something about how animals can't go in there because it's, like, too hot or something. And when you go in there, I feel it. I think there's, like, a little, like, branch that they used to sit on when it was cold and they didn't have, like, any blankets or anything. They used to walk up and go in there and sit in there because it was warm. And you can see the water that's, like, from the hot springs, but it's really cool. And one time, all of my cousins and me and me we were going up to there <laughs> and so I was going first but then um, my cousin was like her name's Kate and so we were going but I said you go first because I was scared to go because there was bees there before so I said you go first and so she did but then she got stung by a bee <laughs> and so then later on I said it was my fault because I said go first but yeah just a really cool interesting thing up there to see that yeah so there used to be trappers that stayed in there. There's a bench, and so that's where the trappers are. But before that, you will see some Indian paintings. 
like some red hand prints. And so it's really cool because you can see like all the paintings that they did on the rock. It's like a plain rock and then there's just like a lot of hand prints and you might see some stuff. We know that it was the Salish and the Blackfeet, but no, I do not know when. But now I'm going to pass it on to Noah. I'm Noah, and I have two stories to tell. They're not much of a story, but it was really exciting. A few weeks ago, and I was on a ride. We were really close to the ranch, and we were in a wooded area. And so we were going through this puddle. I was on my horse, and then I looked to my left, and there is a deer like 10 yards away from me. And then he just sprinted off, and that was really cool because it was probably the closest I've ever been to an animal, a deer. Another cool thing that happened was I came up during bow season two years ago. Me and my mom came up. I went out with one of the guides, Clayton, who you interviewed, I think. We went just on a little ride, and then we got off our horses and walked a little bit to this place. It's called Spiked Park. And then... We were trying to call in the elk. We weren't going to shoot them, but it was just for fun. It was really cool because there was like two different elk that we were calling in, and they were just bugling away, and it was really loud and cool. That's the voice of Noah Wallace. He is 11 years old. And you also heard from Molly Wallace. She's 8. And Lily Wallace, she is 13. Adam and Emily are here, and they are the current owners of the K-Bar L Ranch, which is where we are recording the show. The K-Bar L Ranch is where the north and the south fork of the Sun River dump into Gibson Lake in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. I wanted to thank you and your family one more time for joining me on the Trail Less Traveled. Thanks for having us. And I want to go around and have each of you give a little bit of advice. Um, so I'm Molly. And if you were up here in the Bob Marshall, and if you had some safety things that you needed to know, I'd say one thing if you were hiking out here... You would definitely probably need to bring bear spray. You never know. Just don't spray it when it's windy because then it could go back in your face and blind you. And then some other tips would probably be if you saw an animal and you were scared of that animal, if it's not doing anything to you, if it's not hurting you, then just leave it alone. And if you don't like it there, then, then maybe just turn around and go the other way. If it was a bear, for example, if it was bothering you, then you always want to act bigger than them. If it's not so windy, then you can spray bear spray. You would definitely want to bring a filtered water bottle because if you just bring like a normal water bottle and so there was a river right next to you, filled it up with your water, definitely do not drink that because you could get sick. If you had a filtered water bottle, you would not get sick because I don't know how, but it just filters it somehow. But yeah, that would be my tips. Now I'm going to pass it on to my dad. Ah, Hey, this is Adam again. My advice is really just to live every day to its fullest. I think that's what we learn out here is uh, to take on any challenge or adventure you can. And really, uh, as the state of Montana slogan is, is get lost. Okay, so it's Lily. And I'd say if I had one tip of advice, it would just probably be to just keep going on adventures and like my dad said living your life to the fullest because life's short here's noah if i had one piece of advice to give to you it would probably be that when you come up here you should just put your electronics away not do anything with them just take it all in because you are only here for a short amount of time 
And I'm Emily, and I would also say that if I had a little bit of advice, it would be, one, to come on up to the KBRL Ranch and get lost and unplug and bring your camera because you won't believe the beauty that surrounds you here. And you'll have to document it, even though it won't do justice for what it really is. That's the voice of the Wallace family, and they are the current owners of the K-Bar-L Ranch, located with the south and north fork of the Sun River dump into Gibson Lake in the Bob Marsha Wilderness. In the summertime, you can come here during hunting season. You should come and check this place out. That's where we are recording and have been recording the trail less traveled for the past couple of weeks. It's been an honor to interview you and your family, as well as the cowboys and cowgirls that work for you. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for coming if you want to find out more about K-Bar-L, it's www.kbarlranch.com. It's now time for a song. So, one last song to end the show. It's In Color by Jamie Johnson, because it describes Montana perfectly. Namaste Missoula, Mandela here, your host of The Trail Less Traveled, an adventure series dedicated to collecting stories and sounds from the most remote locations around the world. Subscribe to the free podcast wherever you gather podcasts, and please consider visiting traillesstraveled.net to see pictures, archive previous episodes, and contact me. I'd like to thank my guests for this week, the Wallace family at the K-Bar-L Ranch. This interview was recorded on location at the confluence of the North and South Forks of the Sun River. There you will discover hot springs, long used by Native Americans, pioneers, trappers, and loggers. Medicine Springs became the province of the Click family in 1927. Three generations of Clicks have developed the property as a guest ranch, hauling in, building material by boat and mule train to establish guest quarters, lodge, corrals, outbuildings, and a hot springs swimming pool. The ranch is now owned and operated by the Wallace family. My name is Mandela, your host of The Trail Less Traveled, and my goal for the show is to take you, the listener, back to mankind's earliest form of entertainment, storytelling. Therefore, every week, I will be interviewing an adventurer about what they do, how they do it, and how you can start adventuring in a similar fashion. The Trail Less Traveled is recorded at the Missoula Broadcasting Company, nestled in the mountains of Missoula, Montana, or, most often, on location around the world, in order for me to find these adventurers and connect with them in their natural habitat. The Trail Less Traveled is the community source for adventure information and inspiration every Sunday night at 6. My adventure tip this week is to never take Big Sky Country, Montana, for granted. This time of year, a lot of us are low on vitamin D due to the lack of sun. I encourage you to get outside and find the sun. The snowshoeing on Lolo Pass is absolutely incredible, and it is a very short drive to get there. So rent some snowshoes or rent some cross-country skis, pack a picnic, and take friends and family to the top of a mountain here in Montana and enjoy that sunshine. We live in an amazing place. And when I think of Montana, the word that comes to mind is gratitude. Gratitude for clean air. Gratitude for clean water. Gratitude for access to the outdoors. And gratitude for this amazing community in Missoula, Montana. 
That's it for this week, my friends in Missoula and around the world. But until next week, please do something for Mother Nature and get outside. Shred that gnar. Because as you know, the gnar does not shred itself. <laughs>